Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. This is a post-Valentine's during President's Day episode, so I hope y'all had a great Valentine's Day and I hope y'all are enjoying your President's Day today. And let's go ahead and get out of, or you know, fucking just knock out the fucking house rules. You know, normal shit that we do at the beginning of episodes, so that way we can go ahead and fucking get on into this shit show that we call the 2A Lifestyle Podcast. Well, let's go ahead and start off by saying, if you haven't already, go ahead and check out our social media. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. Facebook is under two, the number 2A Lifestyle. On Instagram is two spelled out. That is T-W-O-A Lifestyle. And we're going to be having some more social media here soon. We're going to be starting a YouTube page where we're going to have live podcast. Uh, also, we're going to be having, looking at fucking getting into TikTok, trying to get into the newer viewers and all that kind of shit. Uh, so we're going to be expanding our podcast into different social media and also we're going to be having some videos and like I said live podcasts so all the stuff that you've been helping them that goes into the next thing if you haven't already check out our patreon if you want to support this show we are on patreon and anything that you guys give to us goes straight into the podcast uh, we are already covering our uh, cost for publishing this podcast and anything else that we get after that we are going straight into the show and giving back to you guys uh, and with that we have bought a camera and with that camera we're going to be you know fucking taking videos and doing some more hot shit instagram and facebook photos and all that kind of shit of whenever we go to the range and doing reviews on shit that we get so again i greatly appreciate you guys for supporting us on patreon and if you know of any businesses that or if you own a business or if you know any businesses that you want uh you know see sponsored uh, on this podcast go ahead and reach out to them or reach out to us and let us know and we'll reach out to them and see what we can do we've had some people getting interested in doing sponsorship for the podcast so that would be fucking awesome if we can do that uh, but with that let's go ahead and start getting into the show and start getting into what happened this past fucking couple weeks in this 2a community that we have i'm about to eradicate it if they spoke on my name i was fabricated every move that i made has been calculated if you hate and then you get decapitated are you captivated i was born for this why are you aggravated i got different so hot it evaporated i got drive you in park i can validate it cut this beat up i'm about to examinate it no exaggeration it's no problem akuna matata niggas be lying i might call you simba and give you a well, let's go ahead and start getting into some good news and some cool shit that has happened. Uh, some gun-related stuff. Team Glock fucking wins big at the USPSA Florida Open. I fucking love shooting USPSA. That is my kind of my fucking bees knees kind of shit. I know some people like IDPA, three gun, whatever it may be. I like USPSA. Team Glock, they fucking. Uh, uh, shot in the Florida Open USPSA in Frostproof, Florida, and all three team members of Glock took away wins at the match and set the bar uh, for the remainder of the shooting sis- season. Uh, this fucking article comes to us from Emiland, and it was published actually just fucking today. So, uh, fucking good job for Team Glock. Uh, the uh, person that won the overall in the limited div- division, uh, her name was, Sh- I'm sorry, is it a her? He? Maybe? Fuck? I don't know. Shane? Shane Colley? Could be he. There's a picture of two females and one male, so I'm assuming and Shane is the male. Uh, he won overall in the limited division shooting his Glock 24. Uh, team member Ashley, she won the High Lady and Carry Optics with her Glock 17 and the Gen 5 MOS. Uh, she also, uh, this is going to be her third year uh, shooting with Team Glock. So that's some fucking awesome, cool shit. Uh, anytime there's, uh, you know, people in the gun community, uh, you know, and also go look and follow other fucking t- uh, shooting teams on Facebook. University of Clemson has a great fucking shooting team. I'd actually like to get them on soon. 
uh, and just talk to them. This might be kind of getting busy into their shooting season, so uh, might not be till later in the year, but definitely want to try and get some of them on. Uh, but go ahead and, and, you know, if you can, follow the shooting sports. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it is great. Like I said, Clemson has great social media for their shooting team, uh, so it's good shit. Next thing, and this is actually something that I posted on uh, the Facebook page, is that it uh, comes from Gun America Digest, and this was published July 27th of actually 2018, but this is something I just fucking noticed, and it's pretty fucking cool. A uh, Bentress shooter posts a stunning 1.068 inch group at 1,000 yards, setting a new world record. Uh, Mike Wilson, uh, who has been shooting competitively since 2014, he holds four international bench rest shooters records, and he currently ranks third nationally uh, among the international best shooter long-range marksmen. So he shot this, and this is kind of fucking crazy. Uh, His fucking, I remember reading on here, his fucking gun that he had. He had a 103 grain vapor trail in Lapua uh, using a Hogden brass, uh, and the rifle, uh, you know, it's all fucking custom made. He had Night Force 12 by 42 by 56 uh, bench rest MPDD optic. Uh, The rifle itself weighed fucking 16 pounds and 2 ounces. I couldn't imagine having to, you know, lug that big bitch from the fucking car to the damn shooting block, but man, that's, you know, fucking impressive. Uh, It's, you know, very popular on the fucking social medias, on the book of faces. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome. Like I said, anytime some good shit like this happens in the gun community, I definitely want to bring attention to it and let everybody know, so that way we can just kind of, just fucking enjoy their achievements with the rest of the gun community, and uh, if you're new to the gun community, I really encourage you to go check out this kind of shit, because this is the kind of shit that makes you think like, damn, you know, this is some cool shit, gives you something to maybe try and try out or aspire to when you go to the range, when you're practicing, you know, you can follow these people on YouTube, Uh, a lot of times they post different uh, drills and shit that they do on YouTube, so, you know, something that you can do and and pick up, and when you go to the range, you can kind of try and figure out, hey, this is what this fucking guy's doing, or girl's doing, and they are pretty fucking badass, so that's what I want to try and achieve and aspire to be, Uh, so I'm going to, you know, follow their training regimen or whatever, but of course you're not sponsored by some fucking, you know, ammunition company, so you're going to, you know, do what you can with what you got, but it's just just some cool shit to do, uh, and it is fucking awesome. Now, let's go ahead and what I kind of call the the shit sandwich, to try and give you some good stories in the beginning, some good stories at the end, and unfortunately we have a whole bunch of shit just, you know, piled up together in the middle, so let's go ahead and start getting into this. Um, Well, this is still a good story. Uh, Nick's Gun Sales, this actually comes to us from Gat Daily. This was posted on February 13th. Nick's Gun Sales numbers for uh, January were up 19% and up 85% alone in Virginia. So uh, that is something that is pretty fucking outstanding uh, considering that, you know, sometimes Nick's checks, they uh, don't end up being posted, even though it is kind of like in the middle of fucking uh, February, but sometimes Nick's checks don't, their numbers aren't fully tallied, I guess you could say, until well into the next month, just because of the fact that, you know, it is the fucking government, so it does take time for those numbers to kind of fucking come on in, but it's showing that firearms ownership is up on the, the uprise, and especially in fucking Virginia, where Virginia politicians are trying to take away people's civil rights of gun ownership, uh, so it is something that is very interesting that Virginia needs to think, man, this is something that we need to fucking pay attention to. And... <coughs> 
shit, my bad. Uh, and this is something that we need to fucking pay attention to because, you know, hey, we might have got elected in our own districts. Uh, you know, maybe when they got elected, and not only that, a lot of these Democrats ran unopposed in Virginia. So that's why there are so many of them uh, winning in Virginia. But these, you know, Democrats in Virginia that are so hard for gun control, they need to realize that, hey, the majority of Virginians do not want to see any gun control legislation passed. And with Nick checks up 85% in Virginia, uh, that's, you know, not something to fucking kind of laugh about, especially when this time of year is the slow year uh, for gun ownership. You know, you don't have, uh, you know, the fucking Christmas buying season, um, fucking hunting seasons kind of over, uh, you know, going towards the tail end of it. And then summer isn't really here. And then not only that, you know, Virginia gets kind of fucking cold. So there's not a whole lot of people going to the ranges in Virginia unless you're just a hardcore fucking shooter. Because, uh, or if you have an indoor shooting range, uh, you know, you got to brave the elements to fucking get out and hit the range and shoot your favorite guns and get your practice in. So, speaking of which, fucking little side note story. Uh, fucking wake up. It's President's Day. I'm off work today. And, you know, I was thinking, ah, shit, you know, I might go to the fucking range and, and throw some lead down range, you know, kind of fucking uh, just fine tune my shooting capabilities. And my motherfucking dog took a shit on my range bag. So, I guess my fucking dog knew that I was going to go to the range today. And she's like, no, the fuck you ain't because she shit on my fucking range bag. That fucking dog. Uh, and then on top of that, my fucking dryers on the fritz. And uh, fuck you, Whirlpool, for not making any more door switches for my dryer. So now I got to fucking order a GE door switch for my fucking dryer and jerry-rig that motherfucker to make it work on my fucking dryer because that's all that's wrong with it. It's a motherfucking $10 part. I'm not going to spend like fucking, you know, $200 for a used one or up to like four or $500 for a brand fucking new dryer uh, just because a $10 part fucking went out. You know, fuck you, Whirlpool. Anyway, fucking off my little tangent, but uh, fucking going into the next story. This actually comes to us from NBC News uh, from Yahoo, and this was posted today. And just I'm, I'm putting this in there because just don't fucking be this guy. Uh, man cleaning gun fatally shoots best friend in apparent accident. A man playing a video game in a mobile home in Oklahoma City uh, in the suburb of Midwest City was fatally shot Sunday, apparently in an accident by his best friend who was cleaning a gun police. Uh, police said Joshua Allen, 21, died from a single shot to the chest Sunday afternoon at Village Oaks Trailer Parks, uh, Midwest Police Chief said. Uh, according to the police, 911 caller said, I need ambulance fast. My brother was messing with a gun and accidentally went off and struck his best friend. Several witnesses said Allen was shot when a handgun apparently discharged by accident while a man who lived in the home was cleaning, clearing it, you know, cleaning slash clearing it. The police chief said in a statement, it's still an active case at the time, but all evidence case that the shooting was not intentional, an unfortunate tragic accident while mishandling a loaded firearm. Please fucking don't be this guy. You know, fucking remember the three fundamental rules of firearm safety. Always treat your weapon like it is loaded. Keep your finger off the trigger until you are ready to use it. And then fucking know what is in front of your target and behind your target. You know, keeping it pointed in a safe distance. If this motherfucker would have just fucking, you know, had used any one of those rules, uh, his friend would still be alive. I mean, accidents happen, but when you're using a firearm, which is a deadly tool, I mean, it is a deadly tool. It can fucking kill people. That's why gun grabbers uh, want to take you know away our civil rights so much because they know that this is the kind of thing that if you know we ever need to defend ourselves, whether it be from a home intruder or a tyrannical government, this is the tool that we're going to go to to defend our lives and our freedom with. So it is a deadly tool. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or fucking buts about it. So you need to treat it as a deadly tool. Uh, and not only that, you know, fucking be responsible. Fucking keep your fucking booger hook off the fucking trigger. The, I, I hate to say it like that, but keep your booger hook 
hook off the trigger and fucking make sure these kind of accidents don't happen because this is the kind of shit gun control activists really use whenever they fucking cite their uh, you know gun violence statistics and all other kind of bullshit and this is the kind of stuff that makes us firearms owners look bad so don't be this fucking guy it's a tragedy that his best friend was killed in reference to this and this is something that he's gonna have to live with for the rest of his life um, you know it said it was gonna be the case was gonna be turned over to the district attorney and you know he might end up you know getting some sort of felony for this I don't know Oklahoma law very well uh, but you know there is such thing as uh, accidental death manslaughter kind of deal in certain states so this could ha- you know he, he could very well be paying this for a very long time not just you know thinking that he killed his best friend uh, but actually legally he could be paying for this so don't be this fucking guy follow the fundamental rules of firearm safety and just be be fucking cautious be safe with your firearms and don't become a statistic that the gun control uh, fucking libtards and nut jobs can use to take away our civil rights all right this next case actually or this next story comes to us from news channel 5 Nashville and uh, this is the the title states murder weapons in your case others trace to careless gun owners and this is something else don't be this fucking guy uh, what's going on is in Nashville uh, there which is you know kind of a liberal city in, in Tennessee uh, my fucking um, brother you know uh, his girlfriend uh, used to live in Nashville when she went to uh, university there so I've been there and it's kind of liberal uh, you know basically what this is is it's just a whole story talking about how the fucking firearms used and a lot of these murder cases were stolen from vehicles uh, and these fucking dumb gun owners are leaving their firearms inside their vehicles which is not it's not a fucking gun safe it's not a holster uh, anytime I see anybody talking about holsters for firearms uh, that are specifically made for your vehicle whether it be those magnet holsters or those holsters that screw into like a center console or whatever the fuck it may be uh, you know I always see this kind of shit and not only that there you know nine times out of ten especially you know being a cop work on the streets most of the time these fucking vehicles are unlocked and the reason they do that is because they think oh well you know if somebody's gonna break into my car I'd rather him just go into my vehicle and have it unlocked than versus them busting out my car window which in a lot of cases I'm just gonna tell you especially from having worked those cases where those fucking people were breaking into cars they're not wanting to fucking break in your window because that creates a lot of noise and if you know unless they just fortunately happen to find a vehicle that's got a lot of cash in it or some other shit they need to break into numerous vehicles to make it worth their while so all they're doing is they're wanting to just walk around pull on handles and see what vehicles are unlocked Uh, so you know less noise uh, you know less attention given to them Uh, if the vehicles unlocked most more often than not the vehicles uh, car alarm system uh, isn't gonna go off just because it's not locked and you got to press like in my vehicle you got to press the the lock button twice to activate the uh, car alarm system you know one locks the doors the second one sets the alarm in motion uh, turns it on so you know a lot of times these fucking vehicle thieves they're not looking to break in your car window they're looking to just get that easy score and like I said they're trying to break into numerous cars you know nine times out of ten it's always you know a handful or maybe more of around of a dozen cars that are broken to in a single neighborhood or a single parking lot or a park wherever it may be and these motherfuckers are leaving their guns in their cars because of a uh, you know that's my truck gun that kind of bullshit uh, or uh, whatever the fuck it may be you know that's what they do and these criminals are using these stolen firearms uh, to commit crimes and most times more often than not these criminals they do not keep the 
guns themselves uh, because, you know, just like in kind of like society, a class system, there's a class system in the criminal world. They might have one to maybe protect themselves if they do more than just uh, breaking into cars because criminals got more than one hustle. Uh, but if they're just, you know, n- you know, common thieves, you know what they're doing is they're selling these guns on the streets. And of course, gun control isn't going to stop that, which these fucking gun control idiots would understand that. Um, you know, they're not going to a gun store to wait, you know, fill out a 4473. And, you know, if they, depending on the state, they might have to wait so many days or you might have to have, uh, you know, some sort of training to get it or whatever the fuck it may be, whatever your state's stupid ass gun control laws are. Uh, no, they're, they're buying these fucking guns off the street because they know they can't pass that kind of shit or they don't want to have, even though like in, like say for example, in fucking Alabama, uh, there's no registry for guns, uh, you know, besides the 4473 at the go, the gun store. But if you automatically buy a gun, even from an individual, we'll have people come in and say, Hey, I want to register this gun to me. Well, there's no fucking registry for firearms in the state of Alabama. So just go on a little mirror fucking way because there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing, you know, enjoy your freedom. Uh, so, but that's what these criminals are doing. They're buying these guns off the street because they don't want to have associated with their name any way whatsoever. And not only that, a lot of times these guns, they'll exchange hands four or five times before they're actually used in a crime because uh, the thief will sell the gun to some fucking guy that, uh, you know, who fronts stolen stuff. You know, they might just be buying guns. He might just be buying also TVs, electronics, whatever the fuck it may be. And then he sells it to the individual people. Uh, You know, oh, I know so-and-so, he sells guns on the street, so I'm going to sell this gun to him. So he sells that gun to the guy that sells guns on the streets. And then finally, when he gets to that guy, he gives it to whatever it may be, uh, the drug dealer, the robber, whatever it is. And that's the person that ends up using these guns in crimes. Uh, So don't fucking be those people. Don't fucking think your car is a holster. If you cannot bring a gun with you and, you know, wherever you go, uh, say, for example, you work front, you work in a place that uh, is a gun free zone. Okay, I understand um, that's shitty. And if that's the case, you decide that, hey, I still want to have a gun with me to and from work, then you need to be responsible and, you know, fucking have a little bit more shit, um, a little bit more shit to protect not only not only just your gun to keep it off the streets, but shit, you know, most guns that people purchase, uh, you know, you're looking at, you spent like around $500 for that gun. So are you just, do you normally just keep $500 worth of shit unsecured? You know, no, you always, you know, keep that shit in a locked glove box or you keep that shit in a locked center console or whatever the fuck it may be. So, uh, you know, fucking lock your shit up. Just don't leave it in a car holster visible uh, from somebody peeking in uh, or leave it just unsecured underneath the seat. Uh, or if you got yourself a lock box, secure that shit, you know, fucking don't just have the lockbox uh, just hanging underneath your seat. Secure that lockbox to something inside the vehicle so that way if uh, somebody does break into your vehicle, they don't, they can't just fucking, um, you know, just take the lockbox with them and then, hey, I'll break into this lockbox at, at a later time. Uh, secure it if, you, if that's the, the, the you know, the case. Um, like say, if, you know, if you, you can't carry your gun to work or whatever, uh, do your due diligence to make sure that your firearm, uh, that you're a responsible for, uh, gun owner and that your firearm can't be stolen and used in some sort of crime at a later date because of your fucking ignorance that you just decide to leave your gun in a fucking, uh, you know, whatever the fuck it may be, you know, you're uh, underneath your seat in a car holster, whatever it is. This next story comes to us uh, from WBTV uh, and it was published today and this is out of Charlotte, North Carolina. 
And what had happened was, is apparently in Charlotte there was a gun and knife show, and some thieves broke into the gun show over the weekend and stole uh, around seven thousand dollars worth of firearms. Uh, and this is a very uh, actually uh, they attempted to steal fifteen thousand dollars worth of guns. They stole initially twenty three, but they ended up dropping twelve of those guns on the way out, so they ended up stealing just around seventy five hundred dollars worth of guns. Uh, and this is the kind of thing that um, in, there actually was security guards on the scene, uh, and the owner wants to know why the security guards didn't act sooner. Uh, and it's very interesting. Uh, the Charlotte Metro uh, Police Department uh, is investigating it. Uh, they were able to log the serial numbers of the stolen guns into NCIC. So if they ever come back, uh, you know, run by anything, uh, then the fucking, um, the, you know, the, the police will see that these are stolen guns. And this is something interesting too. And this is very fucking bad on the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office. The security guards that were there that night were two off-duty deputies. What the fuck? What were y'all doing? You know, there's two of them. You know, if, if y'all are fucking tired and, and want to fucking take a nap, you know, do it in shifts like you do in the fucking army sometimes. Fucking do shifts. You know, what the fuck is going on? I mean, those fucking two deputies, they need to fucking have some sort of responsibility. And, you know, fucking, uh, if it's just a whole lot of fucking what the fuck is going on. A whole lot of what the fuck is going on. Um, but yeah, and, and this is something that it happens locally at our gun shows. Uh, there's certain gun shows that will, you know, or certain vendors won't come to certain cities in Alabama because I used to work the gun show circuits uh, for another company, uh, not, you know, law enforcement related. And there's certain vendors that will not go to certain cities because there's always shit stolen from their tables, uh, you know, in, in, in every city. And then not only that, like the big city where I used to work at, um, there's almost, there used to be almost always every gun show, at least one gun that was stolen, at least one gun that was stolen. And that's what these motherfuckers do is again, you know, they're looking for easy targets. You know, they're looking for the vendors that don't have the alarm systems, um, or they'll have their buddies, uh, do the, the fucking distraction and, uh, walk off with their guns and all that kind of shit. Uh, so it's a fucked up situation. Uh, I would be interested to see what the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office says about their two deputies that were supposed to do sec overnight security there. Uh, but who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? Um, here's another one. This one comes to us from the Courier Press. Uh, and this is actually was published on uh, today, the February 17th. And this is out of Indiana. Uh, six people have been arrested after a man said his firearm was stolen from at gunpoint. The alleged victim flagged down a trooper uh, around 3.30 a.m., according to Indiana State Police. The man said that he was in the parking lot of the Sunburst Apartments, uh, the buyer uh, where he arranged to meet to sell a gun. Uh, the buyer, who accompanied by another man, showed the seller the money. The seller then unlocked the lockbox to show him the gun. At that point, two young men with hoodeds uh, pulled uh, pulled tight uh, their faces uh, and held the buyer at gunpoint. What the fuck is this guy doing selling a gun at 3.30 a.m.? Some fucking fi you know, fishy shit right there. I understand people can't fucking meet anytime throughout the day because of, uh, you know, jobs or whatever the fuck it may be. But what the fuck is this guy thinking that he's going to go sell a gun at 3.30 in the morning? Uh, I mean, does that not sound fucking shady? Uh, something that doesn't say, uh, and this is something else, they also stole his phone, um, but they were able to track his phone to a house a couple blocks away, and that's where they were able to pick up six individuals, a 21-year-old, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 26-year-old, 18-year-old, 18-year-old, uh, all from that same city. So these are all fucking young cats, and uh, they were all charged with, uh, you know, in some form or fashion, receiving stolen farm, receiving stolen property, possession of marijuana, possession of mar uh, paraphernalia, and maintaining a common nuisance. I don't know what the fuck that means, uh, but yeah, they were all charged with some shit, and they're all being held only on $1,500 bond each. But that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, this guy, again, these past three stories, don't be that motherfucking guy. Don't be 
that motherfucking guy to where you uh, accidentally shoot your friend, you fucking leave your gun in, un, you know, in a, in a vehicle, either unlocked or locked, but, you know, not secured. Uh, if you have to leave your fucking firearm in your vehicle for any stupid reason, because your you know business doesn't let you carry concealed or whatever the fuck it may be. And don't try and sell some fucking guns at 3.30 morning. You know, this fucking just dumb shits, Darwinism, ugh, fucking, fucking retards. But yeah, that's going to be it on those news stories. Let's start getting into some of the politics and what's going on. So this actually comes to us from Amelan, and this was published on February 13th yesterday. A federal uh, lawsuit was filed against armslist.com in reference to the death of a Chicago police commander. Uh, the Chicago Tribune is reporting that a federal lawsuit has been filed against Armlist by the widow of a slain Chicago police commander, Paul Bauer, uh, with the support, shocker, of the Brady con- gun control campaign. Uh, Bauer was killed February 2018, allegedly by a convicted felon, uh, and he the pistol he's used uh, was passed along through a uh, both a licensed and private cell until it wound up in the killer's hands. Uh, the pistol was a 9mm Glock 26, and it was uh, saying, you know, the same bullshit, uh, fucking arms list has been, you know, the target for a lot of gun control uh, crazies and trying to shut down the flow of commerce in reference to firearms. Uh, arms list is, you know, it, it's a fucking crapshoot. You can find some good shit, shit there, or you can find just some funny shit. Uh, some of the shit that people try and sell, some of the prices that they're asking for, the ridiculous shit, some of the, like I said, the actual fucking firearms are trying to sell is pretty crazy. Uh, but arms list is being sued in reference to this. Um, and being in Chicago, uh, you know, this is going to go to a certain distance before it finally goes to a federal appellate court or hell, maybe even the Supreme Court, who knows? Uh, but it is unfortunately going to end up getting, uh, tossed up the chain for a while before arms list is going to either be, uh, found, you know, liable, guilty, uh, you know, so, some sort of fault or responsible or before it finally gets thrown out. Because like I said, this being filed in Chicago, arms list is going to have to deal with the liberal courts of Illinois and that area. So, uh, just fucking gun control. They're looking for anything they can. Uh, and this is another sad story. This comes to us from Alexandria, Louisiana, and this comes from KLB, KALB. And it was posted on the 15th. Uh, over 100 guns were turned over in a gun buyback uh, in Alexandria. Uh, the Saturday afternoon, 147 guns were turned into the old fire station, uh, including 39 handguns and 108 rifle slash shotguns. Alexandria Police Department officials and officers from Louisiana State Police in conjunction with the Safe Alex program assisted in exchanging guns for cash. Those who brought in handguns were given between $50 and $100. Uh, $50 for handguns, $100 for rifles. No question. Asked. City allotted $10,000 for the gun returns and ran out of the money halfway through, but those who came and returned guns after the money ran out were still get paid Monday. Uh, so the mayor, Jeff Hall, said he is satisfied with the response. Awareness is the keyword, and we wanted to make sure that we put it out there. We know that the gun buyback isn't going to stop anything, but we can make people aware of guns and gun safety and be aware of the fact there are options to give people a chance to participate in and this one way to participate. He also added that he hopes to make this a semi-annual event. If you haven't, go ahead and check out Mother fucking mayor jeff hall of alexandria louisiana and tell him to go get fucked this is not he already i mean he admitted himself he said this isn't going to stop anything but hey guess what i'm going to waste ten thousand dollars and more because this you know ten thousand dollars ran out halfway through this so let's just assume since it ran out halfway through this that it's just going to be twenty thousand dollars because if it ran halfway thinking about the second half he's probably going to do another ten thousand so he wasted ten twenty thousand dollars of taxpayer money to take firearms away 
away from citizens. And no telling, you know, most of the time in these gun buybacks, there are some old widows or whatever it may be, uh, or fucking kids of uh, gun owners that have inherited these firearms that don't know what the fuck to do. But hey, you know what? I'm just going to go make some quick cash. And, you know, $20,000 could have been used for so many more things in Alexandria than just pissing away money and fucking buying these guns because it's not, you know, I'm sh- I'm certain. I, I know here in my area, uh, guns aren't destroyed. They're sold to a local gun store and then that local gun store sells those guns back to the public. Uh, and those are in reference to guns that were found but never claimed, uh, seized in criminal cases to where, uh, you know, say for example, like it was harassment, uh, menacing, whatever the fuck it may be. And then those guns are after the uh, fucking legal statute is run out for them to file appeals and all that kind of stuff. The gun is then sold because uh, it's you know no use as evidence anymore. And then the motherfucker that used it is gone off to jail uh, whenever he was using it against somebody illegally. So, but I mean, uh, in Alexandria, in reference to these gun buybacks, I doubt these guns are going to be sold back to the public. And actually looking at these, I see one gun that has a brass plate. So, I mean, I'm assuming that's probably an old gun, uh, maybe a collector's item, no telling. Uh, and that is the case a lot with these uh, fucking, uh, you know, these gun buybacks is, like I said, it's old widows or kids of parents who were gun people and they were collecting for a really long time and they probably have some very, uh, you know, I'll say one in a hundred maybe that they might have a very rare gun in there that is worth some money. It's worth of historical value. And, you know, these fucking gun buyback people, these gun control fuckers, don't give a shit about that. They just want to make it themselves look good by taking these guns, quote unquote, off the streets, even though the mayor himself said this gun buyback isn't going to stop anything. Uh, he just wants to make people aware. It just gives them a little feel good out. You know, throw some throw some fucking feel good out there. Make me feel good. Make you feel good. Because that's all these fucking, you know, gun control people think is they just are going to throw some feel good out there and that's going to what's going to stop, uh, you know, bad people with guns. That's not the fucking case. And Mayor Jeff Hall can go get fucked because he just is a retard for knowing that it's not going to do anything, but he decided to go ahead and waste $20,000 worth of fucking uh, taxpayer dollars. So going on to the next story, and there's actually several in reference to this, uh, you know, talking about gun control politicians, uh, they are pushing fucking hard and they are getting brazen after what's been going on in Virginia because the gun control politicians know Virginia don't want gun control, but because they have the majority uh, of their political party that is the primary, you know, primarily the ones that want gun control because they are in the majority, they think that they're going to shove gun control down Virginia's throat. And so it's happening across the country. Hey, Virginia's doing it. Let's go ahead and hop on the bandwagon and all that kind of bullshit. So Virginia, as we know, has had a fuck ton of different gun control legislation brought up into its state legislature. But it has occurred this past week that the gun control legislation is not happening. It has passed. uh, Some has passed the House. Some has passed committees. But they're all ultimately failing either in the Senate or into the full House vote. And that includes, uh, quote unquote, assault weapons bans that is happening with uh, fucking um, goddamn fucking uh, suppressors, uh, high capa- you know, quote unquote, high capacity magazines, all that kind of stuff. And it has failed uh, to meet the required votes in reference to this. And actually, uh, some Democrats have actually uh, voted against it for Virginia Democrats, actually. Uh, so it is awesome. It is great. Uh, Virginia, and this all comes from different shit. This comes from the Washington 
Washington Post, or I'm sorry, the Washington Examiner. Examiner, fuck. <clears throat> this comes from the National Review. Uh, comes from Ameland. Uh, so it's it's kind of fucking all over the place. Uh, but you know, there's plenty of stuff out there, and this is the kind of shit that we need to be on our fucking p's and q's because the Virginia is becoming the fucking you know beacon of either gun control or the beacon of Second Amendment rights, and it is up to those people listening to Virginia. If you're listening to this podcast, know that I mean, and you know, after Lobby Day, there are a shit ton of gun owners that are behind you. They are willing to support you. And the Virginia Citizens Defense League, I'm hoping that they're coffered. I'm hoping that they've had to open up several fucking new checking accounts to help fight back this gun control onslaught by these politicians in Virginia, because they need to know that the country is behind them and that this is where we're going to take our stand. And I think that is something that the politicians are seeing with Lobby Day. And this is something that even, I mean, because like I said, four Virginia Democrats flipped the switch and said, hey, we're voting against this gun control. So they're seeing that it is not going to make them have a long and illustrious political career if they continue to support gun control. And going on with that, this next story comes to us from the Daily Chronicle. And this actually comes to us from the state of Washington. And a bill has passed the House uh, to expand court-ordered gun confiscation. Uh, Basically, red flag laws. Uh, Courts could be one step closer to ordering people subject to vulnerable adult protection orders to surrender the firearms after the House has voted February 14th in uh, in favor of this bill. Uh, The bill gives judges the same tools that they have for other protection orders to order the surrender of firearms if there is evidence that the subject of the order has used to threaten to use the firearm. So if you say some stupid shit, you know, like, there was this one, uh, there was a story a while back, some fucking guy was in the Taco Bell bathroom, said he's about to blow this motherfucker up, and he's, of course, he's just talking about how he's gonna take a, you know, big old shit, uh, you know, that, saying some shit, stupid shit like that, and somebody taking it the wrong way, can be used against you, and you'll have a red flag law against you, and, uh, red flag, red flag law protection order, and you will have to lose your Second Amendment rights because of some stupid shit you said, you know, not even meaning it, whatever the fuck it is, and this is happening in Washington, 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 of course, uh, has been on the onslaught of uh, gun control politicians for a while, uh, but they are trying to expand it. Going on next to Vermont. This comes from WCAX Channel 3. A public hearing is uh, scheduled for tomorrow, actually, on a Vermont firearms bill. A legislative committee is holding a public hearing on a bill intended to keep guns out of the hands of people accused of domestic violence. The hearing takes place Tuesday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., blah, blah, blah. Uh, The bill will require provisions to be included in relief from the abuse order stating that alleged abusers relinquish all firearms till the order expires. It would also allow the court to issue a warrant to seize any firearms from alleged abusers and connections with such orders. Uh, just fucking going on again and again. Next one actually comes to us from the NRA ILA. This was published today, Monday, February 17th. New Hampshire, bill restricting firearms use set for committee hearing. Uh, the uh, uh, House Bill 1115 prohibits the discharge of firearm within 900 feet of a non-residential commercial building without prior approval from the landowner. landowner. This bill gives the authority to cite uh, for cities towns to prohibit the use of firearms and other property used for public recreational use. This could result in a de facto ban on hunting and target shooting areas where it is currently lawful to do so. Uh, it's just fucking going on and on. Next one comes to us from guns.com. New Mexico firearm seizure bill heads to anti-gun governor owner. And this was published today, February 17th. Uh, powering through widespread opposition lawmakers in New Mexico last week forward an anti-gun legislation uh, to Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, this squeaked through the Democrat-controlled Senate earlier this month in a 22-20 to 20 
vote. While the House greenlighted the bill 39-31, the polls will adopt an extreme risk firearm protection order in the state, so-called red flag bill, that would allow courts to order temporary gun seizures for up to a year, a move that some argue is unconstitutional. In fact, 30 states, 33 sheriffs opposed the bill. Uh-huh. 33 of the states, 30, th- uh, 30 of the states, 33 sheriffs opposed the bill. I wonder who the fuck those other three sheriffs are. In many instances where such laws adopted, gun owners have to spend big bucks to fight an uphill battle to get their segment rights restored. The Naples, Naples Daily News found that some 80% of these uh, subject to red flag orders in Collier County, Florida, had to face legal system alone without the counsel of attorney, which could cost up to $2,500 in such cases. In Colorado, where a red flag law was just adopted, a woman filed a seizure against a police officer who killed her son and justified use of force innocent in 2017, showing you know many other places where this red flag law is fucking uh, being abused. Going on into the next, uh, well, that's going to be the end of the shit sandwich. But I mean, as you can see, or at least the shit part of the shit sandwich, but as you can see, this stuff is happening all across the country. It is happening in states where firearms have been traditionally protected by politicians or they didn't give a fuck. They were just going on to other things, uh, whether it be uh, social justice, well, you know, uh, social programs, whatever it is. I mean, they are being brazen and they are being emboldened in reference to what is going on in Virginia. And that's why it's important that wherever you are, you need to be members of your state organizations. I'm a member of my state organization. I actually uh, would like to reach out. I've been trying to reach out to them. I've reached out to them once. I'm going to try to reach out to them again and try to have them on my show and just talk about the importance of state organizations. Uh, a lot of people don't have a lot of faith in the NRA, uh, even though the NRA, uh, I don't know if they really do anymore, uh, but they you know, seem to have the organizational structure, not necessarily the financial backing because they seem to be in a lot of fucking financial pains, but they have the organizational structure uh, to have this kind of uh, national and even state power to send lobbyists out to these politicians uh, to fight this kind of gun control legislation. But who knows? I, I you know, Unless the fucking NRA changes this year at NRAM, uh, which I'm planning on being at, uh, unless the NRA changes at this coming NRAM, I don't think they're going to be around very much longer. Uh, so, it, you know, the, the Gun Owners of America, the FPC, FPF, Second Amendment Foundation, um, you know, they have some lobbyists, but they aren't very uh, nationally recognized uh, as the NRA is. And I think, I seriously do, I think they need to start setting up the organizational structure like the NRA has for lobbying and protecting our Second Amendment rights because that is what we need, especially in this day and times when we have a president who says he's Second Amendment, uh, but he doesn't show it with his actions. Uh, And uh, besides maybe appointing judges, uh, we shall actually see if him appointing judges that say they're pro-Second Amendment is going to actually be the case because we haven't really seen any gun uh, cases go before the Supreme Court of the United States, but we shall see. But other than that, he has not shown anything in regards to actually protecting the Second Amendment, you know, getting rid of bump stocks, saying that we should take the guns first, ask questions later, uh, all that kind of shit. Uh, That's the kind of stuff that they feel, you know, they might not like Trump, but hey, they feel emboldened in regards to going after our gun rights. So we shall see. Uh, This next, actually, this next story comes from WBAL-TV11 NBC, uh, and this is a kind of going back to the nice stories of our far shit sandwich. Uh, This is a uh, story saying bills would allow parishioners to bring firearms to church and synagogue services. And this is actually coming from Maryland. You know, Maryland is not known for being a very great um, gun-friendly state. Uh, it's not as bad as, like, say, Massachusetts, uh, but it is not known for being great. But a legislation uh, introduced in Indianapolis uh, would allow certain churchgoers and members of synagogues to bring farms to services without going through the state handgun seal, concealed carry uh, process. There are two pieces. Uh, one is a statewide bill, and the other is identical but limited to a pilot program.
program for just one county in Hartford County, uh, but allowing the clergy to decide what congregants or if any congregants may be able to carry a concealed weapon. Uh, it's saying it's might not likely to go anywhere this session, but the fact that the uh, Texas church shooter was stopped by a parishioner uh, is, you know, it's fucking bringing people's eyes and opening people's eyes to say, hey, a good guy with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun. Um, and especially with in the Northeast, and this is something that isn't being really reported a whole lot in uh, the Northeast, it, or outside the Northeast, I should say. It's not really being reported nationally, like it should be, I believe. There are tons of anti-Semitic attacks uh, on Jews at synagogues and Jewish businesses and stuff like that. So it is the duty for the government to allow people to exercise their civil rights to protect themselves. Uh, and this is a perfect example. And to where a bill would allow parishioners of whatever you know religious service that they attend to protect themselves and use their civil rights. So if you're in Maryland, um, if you or if you don't even have this type of legislation uh, in your home state, talk to your legislatures. I'm talking to my legislature now in reference to uh, something a little, uh, not necessarily gun related, but something different. And legislatures listen. I mean, my fucking state legislature actually introduced a bill that I talked to them about saying, hey, this is something that's in our state constitution needs to change. Would you introduce this bill? And he is actually introducing it, this current uh, legislation uh, for my state. So your state legislatures are the ones that actually listen to you. I mean, they really do, especially like state representatives, uh, because they deal with a smaller jurisdiction, uh, a smaller, um, like I guess, precinct, whatever you may call it. Um, so talk to your state legislatures, talk to your state uh, Second Amendment organizations and have them, you know, lobby and push for this type of legislation, because this is the kind of stuff where, you know, I believe we can start bringing people, we can start winning the, the, the hearts and minds war of gun control and start showing people that, hey, if you don't want us to protect ourselves while we are trying to uh, exercise our religion freely, you know, which is also guaranteed in another civil right uh, in the First Amendment, uh, then what the fuck is going on? You know, why are you trying to, you know, inhibit my fucking right to uh, fucking exercise my religion freely, but you're also trying to prohibit the uh, exercise of my Second Amendment. Next story comes to us from Recoil. This was published today. Uh, Arizona Second Amendment rally brings thousands out in support of liberty. And this is amazing because Arizona is actually uh, in trouble of, uh, you know, having some gun control passed. And uh, it's pretty awesome. They had like a little photo booth uh, thing set up there. Uh, this one guy, you know, it's awesome. He's all tatted up, gauges in his ear. Uh, he's got a, a sign that uh, says gun control isn't about guns, it's about control, which is exactly right. You have Sheriff Mark Lamb of uh, Pinot County. Uh, he's taking a picture uh, with recoil editor Ian Harrison. Uh, so he is out there, uh, you know, going there and, and supporting, looks like, the uh, Second Amendment folks. Uh, it's fucking awesome. And anytime we have these uh, lobby days, these uh, Second Amendment rallies at our state legislatures, uh, you know, that's where we got to come out. And, you know, I'm keeping uh, an eye out for uh, ours in Alabama as well. This next story comes to us from Ameland. This was published uh, the 16th yesterday. Cal Sher uh, California Sheriff supports gun owner privacy after newspaper request records. So what happened was is early this year, January 10th, San Francisco Chronicle sent a public records request to Sheriff Barnes, uh, who is the Sutter County Sheriff Brandon Barnes, uh, demanding to know personal information about concealed carry permit applications and current permit holders. Uh, but the newspaper did not say what the info was needed for. However, the Chronicle felt the information was crucial, crucial to the 22 million monthly readers it reaches uh, as is one of the top five largest newspapers on the West Coast. Sheriff uh, Sheriff Barnes said, uh, fuck off, basically, that he wasn't going to do it. Uh, he sent a proactive letter to concealed carry permit applicants and permit holders that some of their information uh, was given, even though he personally declined to do so. Uh, so, unfortunately, uh, I guess it was done out of the FOIA request 
protest, uh, but he didn't want to personally, you know, so according to these bullshit laws. And let's go ahead and, and do our last story. Uh, today is President's Day, so let's take a look at some of the guns, uh, and this actually comes to us from Guns.com, pretty cool fucking uh, article. Uh, it comes to us from Guns.com, uh, published today by Chris Edgar, and start take a look at some of the guns uh, that the previous, uh, you know, founding fathers, presidents, all the above, and, you know, depending on what time frame you're looking at, uh, looks at some of the uh, guns that they had. Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, this shows one picture. A uh, Pennsylvania gunsmith, John Philip Buck, presented his flintlock long rifle to President George Washington in 1791. It is a 44 caliber rifle, uh, which is used similar to elite light infantry units under Washington's command during the Revolutionary War, such as Morgan's Riflemen's. And it's got a picture of it, and it is a museum. Uh, the next one, uh, it shows a couple of, looks like dueling pistols, uh, uh, some flintlock dueling pistols. Uh, and it said Jefferson actually bought these pistols uh, from John Dealtree in London in 1786. Uh, and it goes on and on. Of course, the next one uh, is uh, fucking former President Benjamin Harrison. Uh, he's got a couple guns on there, sh showing one shotgun uh, when he was hunting some ducks. Uh, of course, my fucking favorite president, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, shows him with a M1903 that he used in the, uh, you know, similar type rifle used in the Spanish-American War. Uh, you also see some pictures of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He was an avid shooter, actually. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, this is probably one of my favorites that looking at all this. Uh, you have a picture of Harry Truman uh, holding a, or actually giving a uh, couple of, uh, showing off a couple pictures to Vice President Garner. Uh, these are 45 caliber pistols, formerly owned by Jesse James uh, and Senator Harry Truman, uh, who is the owner, well, Senator at the time the picture was taken, uh, was the owner of those pistols. And then, uh, of course, you got uh, Dwight Eisenhower. Uh, he was gifted a 38 caliber revolver snubby. Uh, so you have all these different kinds of guns. Pretty cool shit. Uh, definitely, I'm going to probably, I'm, I'm actually fucking doing it right now. I'm going to share this article on uh, my Facebook. So if you want to go take a look at the different guns that presidents had, uh, please go take a look at this picture, uh, this article on my Facebook. It's a pretty cool fucking picture uh, of some former presidents holding guns. Let's go ahead and start getting into our uh, gear news and review, shall we? You're going to see it's a fucking murder spree. You're going to see, won't nobody say a peep. You're going to see, don't you turn your back on me. You're going to see, roll up on them while you sleep. Catch a nigga slipping, I might hit him with the pop. They're going to miss him because revenge feels sweet. You're going to see, won't nobody say a peep. You're gonna see. Give me a pen. I don't even drink, but fuck it. I need some Henning and Gin. Plenty of sins. I broke my bitch's heart. Should never forgive you. All right. Well, we actually, in the gear news reviews, we just have a couple things that we're going to talk about uh, that is coming out that looks pretty cool. Uh, the first one uh, is Sky actually is showing off a sub $400 optic equipped pistol. Uh, now, this is kind of interesting because Sky is kind of a favorite to a lot of people that are concealed carrying. Uh, not my cup of tea, but I am all for people owning firearms. So, this is being a popular concealed carry weapon. I think it's awesome that they're coming out with these different kinds of features. Uh, it is a, like I said, sub uh, $400. And this is interesting because uh, we talked about in last week's, or uh, last episode, uh, that Palmetto State Armory is coming out with a sub $400 Glock 19-like uh, pistol. Uh, and then they're going to have it available in uh, optic ready with suppressor sights and all that other kind of shit uh, for sub $400. But uh, this one obviously comes either in 380 ACP uh, or 9mm. And uh, 
uh, it is optic ready. Uh, you get to you're gonna lose your rear sight when you use the optic, uh, but it is milled for optics. Um, pretty cool. I think you know. Unfortunately, you're probably gonna see a lot of garbage optics uh, with people buying these because people buying these guys normally aren't buying quality equipment. Uh, but it's you know great uh, option out there for shooters uh, because not everybody can afford you know like a, a two or three hundred dollar red dot optic um, and a six seven eight hundred dollar uh, optic ready firearm like a Glock MOS uh, or a Smith & Wesson Core or something like that. Uh, it's some awesome shit. And let's go ahead and start going on into the next product, which is something that I'm pretty interested in because I still haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I am still looking for a red dot optic and Sig Romeo has come out, or Sig has come out with the Sig Romeo 2 and it is an upgrade to their reflex sight that they currently have. So the Sig Romeo 2 will have 15 brightness settings. It also has an integrated rear sight to coat in it's with a front suppressor height sight, which is what I like about it. It's also got a toolless battery tray. So basically just push a button to the rear and the back and the battery tray will pop out. You also got a 2032 side loading battery, uh, which gives you about 25,000 hours of battery life, which is amazing. And it comes with different kinds of shrouds. So uh, hopefully it is a little bit, um, I guess you could say uh, drop. I don't want to say drop ready, but that's the only thing that's coming to mind. Uh, because, you know, obviously with Trijicon uh, in the design of their uh, glass on their red dot optics, it is made for, you know, drop testing. And it actually holds up a little, you know, holds up best compared to all the other sites. But because it's patent pending or patented, not patent pending, uh, it is is, you know, other companies can't use that type of, of glass and shroud. So they got to go. If you look, you know, Trijicon, uh, if you, you know, look at the differences, you'll still know what I'm talking about. Uh, so with their different shrouds that they have uh, for Sig, uh, Sig Romeo 2, it should be a little bit better. Um, I'm very interested to see what it's going to be like. Uh, very interested to see uh, what it looks like when I actually put my hands on one uh, when it comes to a gun store next to me. Uh, because like I said, I'm looking at getting a red dot and the Sig Romeo 2 is very high up on my list. Uh, that in one of the new hollow suns that came out with at the shot show this past year so very looking forward to it um and that is going to be all for the gun gear news and reviews let's go ahead and start getting into the cultural segment and start wrapping this shit up cleaning up toilets in kansas my nigga was fucking disgusting nigga you fluffing thinking you rapping when niggas like us is not in the discussion fucking destruction way that i hop on a beat and destroy it without an eruption yeah you should have knew I was coming. Came up from nothing. Cleaning up toilets for living and mansion and fucking the budgets. All the corruption. Cloud in my brain and me feeling like I was just trapped in a dungeon. Fucking combustion. Way that I'm growing and killing these rappers, I feel like I'm hunting. Feels like I'm fighting a battle and war with myself and I'm rapping on beats. I don't see no one else. Got shit well, if you haven't looked already, there is a new season of Narcos on Netflix and I have been binging the shit out of it today on my day off. Uh, so I figured let's go ahead and talk about Narcos season one. And the reason because I'm talking about this and I'm not going to go into it because I hadn't finished fucking the, the third season yet and don't want to do any spoilers. Um, but they have a fucking amazing, I'm telling you, I was watching this with my fucking girlfriend and my fucking dick got hard when I saw this. It was the German STG 44 and I fucking, and he, he had it in a fucking trombone case and I was watching this fucking you know, episode with my girlfriend today uh, after she got off work and he pulled that motherfucker out and I fucking like fucking gripped the goddamn, uh, you know, armrest of my uh, couch and I gripped her leg and I was like, oh shit. And then she was like, did you just fucking like come in your pants? And I said, pretty much. Uh, he had the uh, STG 44 pulled out of a trombone case and he started shooting fish at it at a fucking park with all a bunch of families in there. Um, it was fucking crazy. 
and that's what made me decide to go ahead and do Narcos this go around. But we're going to be covering season one of Narcos, and this is the one uh, kind of talking about the uh, beginning of you know Pablo Escobar and all that kind of stuff. So in regards to pistols, of course, you know this takes place uh, in the uh, late 70s or early 80s of the narco wars, and of course there's going to be a ton of Beretta 92s. So yeah, uh, there's also uh, E K O L Dilce, uh, which is a almost looks like a Beretta, but it's a little snub nose, doesn't have the exposed barrel. Uh, you also had the EcoL Ferret Magnum, uh, which is almost an exact copy of a Beretta. Uh, you also had a Zoraki. Uh, of course, you had the C, the Sig 228s, uh, custom nickels. Uh, you had a Star Model B, which is the 1911 derivative kind of uh, Walther PPKs. Uh, you also had a bunch of uh, fucking revolvers in there, uh, Smith and Wessons. Now this is kind of cool. You had a Zoraki 925, which is a fully automatic uh, firing pistol uh, that you can see uh, from the cartels and Sicarios. Uh, it was fitted with an extension magazine, a whole 25 round shoots 9 millimeters. Of course, you also had uh, the uh, Uzis. Uh, you had some uh, fucking concealable Uzis. Uh, you also had another mini Uzi in there. Uh, you also had a lot of Galils that the Colombian army used. Uh, a fuck ton of Galils. Uh, you also had the Galil arm, uh, which is what you saw some of the guerrillas use. Uh, you also had the M4A1 carbine, uh, which is what some of the army used whenever they were doing their high speed shit, uh, raiding the uh, fucking drug dens in the uh, the jungle. Uh, you also had the HKG3A3, uh, which of course was the army using that shit again. You had M16A2s, M16A4s. Uh, this is something that was really fucking cool. Is you had a French EPA8, uh, which is the same kind of you know cool shotgun that was used in Jurassic Park. You had Remington 870s. You had one with the folding stock. You had a Benelli M3 Super 90. You also had the M60 uh, in the government helicopters, which is pretty fucking cool. Uh, you also had a fucking MK153 Mod Zero SMAW, basically a fucking grenade launcher. Pretty fucking cool. Uh, if you haven't checked out uh, Narcos Season One, it is still on uh, fucking Netflix. I highly suggest you go check it out. It is a great show, very fucking cool. And let's go ahead and start wrapping this bitch up, shall we? I'm so tired of running that I pour my souls out to the point that my toes out to the point that I can't look back. And even if I did, couldn't see where I started down. Can't see home for miles. Lost like another orphan child. I'm only grinning because I'm supposed to smile. So I do it for the ones that are down and out. Proud when I think there's going to be a spokesman now. But I'm still running, go, running, go. and I don't know where. All I got to my name is one pair. I've laced up trucks, five bucks, and a chip on my shoulder that's so big that I cannot bear. I lost my friends, family, and home for this. After that, I have lost my mind, kept my faith, lost my direction. I'm just praying that I haven't lost my well, that's going to be it for this episode of the 2A Lifestyle. We were looking to have a guest host on, uh, you know, not somebody from like a company or anything, but actually somebody uh, just to kind of just shoot shit with, talk to. Uh, hopefully he'll be on for the next episode. Might kind of do it a regular thing. Who knows? We shall see. Uh, but if, like I said, if you haven't already, go ahead and check out our social media. We have Facebook under the number 2A Lifestyle. Instagram, uh, to spell out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Uh, we also have Patreon. Uh, if you want to feel like you can support the show, go ahead and support the show. Uh, it's covering our publishing cost uh, over the various platforms uh, for podcasts. Also, anything else that we get in reference to Patreon, uh, we are going to use for building this podcast, building our social media, uh, and building our fucking, we're going to be doing some you know actual uh, blog kind of review post on things happening, uh, also with gear, and then also we're looking for sponsors. So if you happen to own a business, or if you know somebody that owns a gun-related business, reach out to us, reach out to them, let us know that you'd like to support the show, and 
uh, we will you know talk to them and reference that we were looking at some people wanting to sponsor us uh, and let's go ahead and start wrapping this shit up go ahead and continue to support your second amendment right uh, second amendment rights go ahead and continue to support the gun community and let's go ahead and keep being great ambassadors for that 2a lifestyle Bye.